You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. You can head on over there now for the Fantasy Football Weekly Snap Counts and Analysis, the Week 9 Waiver Wire Pickups, Dynasty Football Rankings, the Week 9 Fab Blind Bidding Guide, and the Week 8 Sunday Superlatives. You could also find my Waiver Wire article for Week 9 at si.com slash fantasy. You could also ask any questions you have on the message boards and forums. And we have you covered for DFS as well, whether it's NHL, NBA, or NFL. You can head on over there, get the write-ups, use the optimizer, and uh, we'll help you get that money. I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz from ffchamps.com at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. And we'll keep you posted if any trades go down in the NFL. A lot of rumors, but so far, nothing significant has happened yet. Uh, But we'll go through some of those rumors and we'll see if anything breaks during the show. And if we do hear anything, we will certainly bring it to you. You know, Aqib Tlaib, the Rams cornerback, traded to Miami for a fifth-round pick. More of a salary dump there uh, as Tlaib is on the injured reserve. But we're kicking it off looking at last night's game. Steelers beat Miami 27-14. So the spread was 14, 14 14.5. So if you took the points, it was covered. Uh, there, Miami remains winless on the season at 0-7. Pittsburgh now 3-4 and and still in the playoff picture in the AFC, which is not as competitive as the NFC. A lot of good teams in the NFC. It's going to be really difficult to make the playoffs in the NFC with some of the teams battling it out there. On the Steelers' side, the big story here is James Conner. We knew he was going to have a big game, and he did. But right before the two-minute warning... On a carry, you could see he was coming off the field and his shoulder was slumping to the right side. Now, he has an AC joint sprain. It doesn't sound like it's serious. Mike Tomlin basically said he'll be limited at practice this week. The indication is that he could play. So we'll just have to wait and see. Connor had 23 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown uh, on the day and three receptions for five yards. And we knew he was going to have a big game. I mean, if you were playing the showdown slate, he was pretty much a lock against this Miami defense, which is one of the worst against the run. And Connor had the week off with the bye, and you knew he was going to get a heavy workload. So we'll see if he is able to play this week. And uh, Benny Snell also got hurt in this game, the backup running back. He had five carries for 13 yards, but he left with a knee injury. And it appeared Jalen Samuels might play. You know, we talked about it on the show yesterday because Jalen Samuels put in full practices uh, last week. But the Steelers decided to be cautious and sit him out. But he is ready to go. He will be back for week nine, and he could have an expanded role. So I think you need to check your waiver wire and see if Jalen Samuels is available because he might have been cut. You know, depending on the format, especially if there's no IR spots uh, in leagues with you know, 16 to 18 roster spots, he was probably cut. I don't imagine he's available in many high-stakes leagues or leagues with 20-round drafts because the timetable initially was about four weeks. And we all know that 
Connor has had a history of injuries, and he's left the game like four times this year with something right before the bye week. He had a quad issue, but he was fortunate the bye week came and he didn't have to sit. But Samuels, you know, could be in a spot to get double digit touches. Even if Connor plays, they might limit him and not overwork him because he has been banged up. So Samuels is definitely someone. Uh, and I and I talked about this last week that you should have picked him up. Uh, once I saw that he was practicing in full, and I thought there was a shot to play last night, he was someone that you could have picked up off the waiver wire. And I know I did in a couple leagues last week. In fact, one of them where I drafted him and I wound up cutting him because it was a 14-team league and I really needed the roster spot because I needed to win that week. And that's what happens. And you wonder sometimes, well, why would someone cut him? Well, if you have no IR spots and you don't have roster flexibility and you have bye week issues and injuries, you have to make a decision. And sometimes you look at it and go, well, this guy might not be back for four weeks. I can't worry about four weeks at this point. Some people have the ability whether it's their record, a lot of points, they can sit back and stash that player on the roster because they're thinking long term. But when you're two and six, three and five, four and four, sometimes you just have to play for that week and you make the best decision. And yeah, sometimes you look back and you go, I shouldn't have done it, but you always make the best decision at that time. And it's not always going to work out where you will always look back and say, oh, I should have done that. And of course, we do our best here to help you make that decision. But things change so much. It's something where I've talked about a lot. People ask about the rest of the season rankings. And if you would have asked me two weeks ago, Jalen Samuels, he'd be lower on that because we didn't know when he would return. Now, all of a sudden, you change it, he goes up. So that's why it's very difficult to answer rest of the season rankings. And I know people love that. Like, oh, rank these five guys the rest of the way. And a lot of times, they're all close. And all it takes is an injury, something to happen, and the guy who's five now becomes one. So that's why you have to really adjust. And especially when you're talking backup running backs, it's all based on injuries in front of them. You know, it looked really bad a couple weeks ago for Rashad Penny. And then he came and played this week and had a pretty good game. Now, there's a lot of talk that they were showcasing for a trade. And we'll see in this last hour what happens. But if Chris Carson were to go down and you put Penny in that situation where they're running the ball a lot, his stock goes up. And two weeks ago, he didn't even play. So these things really are fluid and change a lot. So you have to take that into account. But certainly voting well for Jalen Samuels. Mason Rudolph was terrible early in this game. He did bounce back and finish with a respectable line. He was 20 at 36, 251 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But you wanted to see a better performance against Miami, especially when you watched the first half. He was very late on throws. And it was just a real poor performance. Uh, and again, one of the touchdowns was a third and 20 to Deontay Johnson. The other one was to Juju Smith-Schuster, where he just kind of threw it up. And Juju just grabbed it away from a defender. So they weren't great plays by Rudolph. He just kind of threw the ball up. So you got to take that into account. He's more of a super flex, two-quarterback lead play. I did use him in a super flex league this past week. I played him over Mitch Trubisky, so that worked out. But uh, lots more ahead. We'll break down this game because a lot of people are expecting big things from Pittsburgh in this game against Miami. It's been a little quiet for their wide receivers. How did they do? What does it mean for fantasy going forward? Also, we'll take a look at the Miami side. This is clearly a tanking team. A lot of people got excited about Mark Walton now that Kenyon Drake is gone. What did he do? And can we count on him in fantasy going forward? I'll discuss it next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern here on NFL Trade Line Day. And it looks like uh, sources are saying they expect Jamal Adams' jet safety to get traded. And the Cowboys are one of those teams. He's from Texas. So, obviously, the Jets are asking for a lot for the 24-year-old safety so we'll just have to wait and see if the deal gets done, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to bring that to you. 
if it does uh, get done. Obviously, there's another report that the Jets don't plan to trade Le'Veon Bell before today's deadline. There were some reports this morning that they were listening to offers, but obviously a lot of money there to be made for him, and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So uh, keep you uh, posted on anything that happens uh, throughout the show. Uh, We did have a good game yesterday from Juju Smith-Schuster, and I thought it would be this week against Miami. Uh, This is a perfect time to get him going. Uh, He did find the end zone, had over 100 yards. So if you used him, you feel good about that. Five receptions, 103 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. I just don't know if you can expect that every week. This was against Miami, and again, Rudolph did not play well. So if you do have Juju and someone is willing to really pay a high price tag for him, I think you consider it. Uh, Again, I think he's more of a wide receiver three going forward. You know, this is a spot where he had to come through. If he didn't do anything against Miami, then there were definitely time to panic. But, uh, you know, the game against the Chargers, they were ahead 21-0, and Hodges was in there. He only had three targets, one for seven, fine. Uh, He had that game against Baltimore, seven for 75 on seven targets. The game against the Bengals, they won 27-3. They were way up in that game. He had four targets, three for 15. So the context is important. When you look at that, I mean, against San Francisco, seven targets, three for 81 with a touchdown. So I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll be like a wide receiver three. And, uh, you know, there'll be some weeks where they just don't involve him heavily or he faces tough coverage. So the expectations we knew once Ben Roethlisberger was out for the season, you definitely scaled it back. Deontay Johnson, though, looked good again. Seven targets in this game, five for 84 and a touchdown. He had the third and 20, which it looked like a, a you know, give up play. But he broke tackles, got a good block from James Washington, and took it to the end zone. So uh, he's got he hit Rudolph definitely likes him. I mean, it is now 27 targets for Deontay Johnson in four games with Rudolph, and 19 receptions, and he has three touchdowns in four games. So clearly, he's a playmaker, and he's the other receiver you can play in this offense uh, for sure. Uh, they're getting the ball in his hands. After that, really no one. Vance McDonald, disappointing performance. Three for 19 on four targets. Washington had that block, but man, he had a bad drop. Uh, six targets, one for 21. It's just not happening for him. So in this offense, it's Connor, Juju, and Johnson, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we cannot even go that far, I think, in the Miami offense. I mean, it's, it's a bad team. You know, They opened up with a 14 nothing lead. One of those drives was set up. By a Mason Rudolph interception, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 192 touchdowns, two picks as he continues to start. Now, everyone was looking at the Dolphins running back situation, and Mark Walton's been picked up in a lot of leagues over the last few weeks. He could be out there on the way of a wire, and certainly you can add him, but there's no way you feel great about starting Mark Walton. You could tell me, oh, he's a starting running back, but it's the Miami offense. I mean, they're going to just have some abysmal weeks here, and you need touchdowns, I think, for him to, to do well. So Walton had 11 carries for 35 yards, three receptions for 19 yards on six targets. So that's the downside here. You know, you could say, well, he had 14 touches, but they're not quality touches. And then Kalen Balazs taking away some goal line looks as well. Balazs only had three carries for 18 yards. So you can add Walton to the roster if he's available, and he's more of a bi-week fill-in at this point. And we do have four teams on bye this week and some good teams, but there's no way you feel great about starting him in this offense. I mean, it's more desperation at this point. Uh, And look, they might showcase him to see what he can do down the stretch now that Kenyon Drake has gone to Arizona. 
but I don't expect like huge numbers from him. It's just not going to happen. A receiver, Devontae Parker's okay. You know, we'll see if he gets traded. Uh, I doubt it, but six receptions, 59 yards on eight targets. He had scored in three straight games before then. So, you know, it's amazing kind of when we give up on Devontae Parker, he's actually shown some consistency here. And the one thing is, you know, this team's going to throw a lot. So he's now got 18 targets over the last two games. He's got double-digit points in PPR formats in four consecutive games. And even the game before that, he had 8.6. So, yeah, he's useful as a wide receiver three. Again, you never feel great because the ceiling is low. But, again, with these bye weeks coming up, and they got the Jets this week. So, you know, he could have a good game here as well, and especially if the Jets make some moves at the trade deadline. Preston Williams is a good receiver, and I did start him in a league where I had injuries and bye week issues. Four for 42 on seven targets. Again, it's going to be a pretty low ceiling. Albert Wilson scored, but he only had one reception. So, again, this offense is pretty much a mess as well, uh, and it's going to get uglier as this team uh, tanks here for the rest of the season. So not really much to, to get excited about there. The Patriots release kicker Mike Nugent. So a lot of people probably picked him up because you said, all right, it's the Patriots offense. You want their kicker. You know there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities. But he has just been terrible. Three of eight on field goal attempts. And even his extra points were not locked. So we'll see who the Patriots sign. But if you have Nugent, certainly you can cut him at this point. Uh, For the Cardinals, remember, they have a short week. They're playing on Thursday against San Francisco. Uh, David Johnson is still not practicing. It doesn't seem like he is going to play this week. Uh, They have not officially ruled him out, but it doesn't look good for him. Pretty much Chase Edmond is going to be out. They haven't officially ruled him out yet. I don't know why. It was a hamstring issue. They've already said he's going to miss a few weeks. Make it easier. Rule him out. There are people that play in leagues with IR spots, and (laughs) then the league needs to just uh, the team so the – Software systems could just put him on the injured reserve already. I know I'm waiting in one league where I got IR spot. Just put him on it. And the IR rule in that league is if they're ruled out for the week, it could put him on that spot. And then it makes you activate him immediately uh, before you can set your lineup. So need that to be done. So Kenyon Drake obviously is going to be uh, a big part of the offense this week. And it's a short week. He just joined the team. They're really not going to have a practice with the game being Thursday night. So, uh, Already, Coach Cliff Kingsbury said he'll have a manageable workload. So he he's just not ready to be out there all the time. Right? He just got there. So, I mean, you're probably hoping for 10 to 13 touches. It's a tough matchup against San Francisco. Can't imagine them running much on the ground at all. You're really hoping for Drake to get four to five receptions. But he's more of a desperation play. I can't imagine he's available on waivers in many leagues. And if he is, I mean, again, he's a desperation play this week. You know, he doesn't know the playbook, doesn't know the system much at all. So uh, it's definitely going to be a dicey situation this week. Uh, the Dolphins have placed Xavier Howard on injured reserve with a knee injury. So their top corner is done for the year. Uh, clearly, this is a tanking team and there's no need to push him. Uh, he is signed. So certainly makes sense here uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, O.J. Howard apparently is not available ahead of the trade deadline. Obviously, they'd be interested in him. He's in contra- under contract till 2021. And obviously, the uh, Buccaneers haven't used him. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. The Bengals made a quarterback change. I think no one's really surprised. 
The timing of it is odd, though. It is Andy Dalton's birthday today. And today is the day when they have a bye week that they say Andy Dalton will go to the bench and Ryan Finley will be the starter for the Bengals. So uh, Finley is 24 years old. He was okay in the preseason. He's 24, and uh, you know this offense is a mess, especially on the offensive line. I mean, they are a disaster. They cannot run the football. They have some good weapons at wide receiver. We still are waiting for A.J. Green to return. The reports were he would be back in Week 10 following the team's bye, but you got to wonder where his mind is right now. You know, Does he want to go out there and risk further injury, being a free agent at the end of the year on a team that's winless? So you, know, you were probably waiting for A.J. Green for a long time, and now you're a little worried. Auden Tate has done a nice job. Uh, Tyler Boyd's been good. And this is a team that's going to have to throw a lot. So you just hope that Finley can hold up behind that offensive line and get the ball in the hands of those playmakers. Lots more NFL news when we continue. We'll see if any trades occur during this hour. And we'll also take a look at the waiver wire, an early look for those that have to get started tonight. That's all ahead. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. As we wrap up week eight, get set for week nine. It is trade deadline day in the NFL, and it's been pretty quiet so far. We've heard a lot of rumors, this guy being traded and that guy, and we really haven't seen anything significant yet. It looks like the biggest name that could go is Jamal Adams, the safety from the Jets. Obviously, the Cowboys heavily involved in that. Uh, so we'll see. But so far, nothing has happened. The deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern. So we'll see if we can get anything brought to you during the show if anything breaks. But so far, uh, been pretty quiet. So you know, this how it goes sometimes. You hear a lot of rumors. And then when it comes down to it, uh, not a lot gets done. Uh, we do know that uh, more kicker news. The Falcons cut Matt Bryant. So uh, he was struggling a little bit, although this week the two misses were from over 50 yards. He was 9 for 14. Uh, the team signed Young Ho Koo, so he will be the kicker for the Falcons going forward uh, after the release there of Matt Bryant. Uh, Joe Flacco reportedly could be out as long as five to six weeks as he's dealing with a neck injury, and he's going to get a second opinion on the herniated disc that he has before a long-term decision. So... Uh, looks like we might not see him this year. Uh, no need for the Broncos to put him out there. So Brandon Allen is supposed to start in week nine. Brett Rippon activated as the team's backup over Drew Locke. So I think a lot of people are hoping to see Locke at some point this year. It's certainly still possible, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen this week or potentially the next. So we'll just have to wait and see there. And that's more for super flex leagues anyway. I'm sure people are going to pick up Locke, hold on to him, thinking that he could be someone that could start here in a uh, in a week or two. I know I was already getting some questions about that, and it's certainly possible. They need to take a look and see what he can do. They just have to make sure he's healthy. Although I did see some reports that um, that it could happen. Uh, an update here: Adam Schefter from ESPN on his source on Jets Jamal Adams. I don't think they do anything. So how it goes, right? Oh yeah, he's gonna be traded this and that the hype builds and uh, they probably don't get enough so it's not official we'll see but now that's what Adam Schefter is reporting that it probably doesn't happen Jacksonville is placing Marquise Lee on injured reserve I mean no one really has him anyway he's been banked up he, he has not been able to stay healthy so uh, doubt anyone has him outside of dynasty leagues but he is done there uh, now we have to wait and see what happens with Didi Westbrook uh, because he left the game last week with shoulder and a neck issue uh, in that game. All right, let's take a look at some potential waiver wire pickups uh, at quarterback position. I think Derek Carr is not a bad option this week. You know, he threw three touchdowns for the first time last week, 
And he's passed for at least 285 yards in three consecutive games, five touchdowns and one interception over that span. And this week, the Raiders are at home against the Lions. They've allowed 10 passing touchdowns in the last three games. I mean, think about this. They have allowed Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones to each throw four touchdown passes. So he's got Tyrell Williams back. He's got Darren Waller. We even saw Hunter Renfro have a solid game last week, finding the end zone. So he's in a good spot. And we got four teams on by this week. And it's possible, you know, you had Matt Ryan, although you had to replace him last week. Jared Goff had the two good matchups the last two weeks, was in lineups. And, of course, Drew Brees, who just came back. So uh, there could be some people who are streaming, or maybe you have a quarterback that has a tough matchup, and you're looking to go elsewhere. I think you could look at him. You know, Sam Darnold, you can't rule him out. I know a lot of people are worried about him after that game against the Patriots, but keep in mind the Patriots pretty much shut down everyone. Darnold did throw three picks against Jacksonville, but he also had 218 and two touchdowns. And really what you love about Darnold going forward, look at that schedule. Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals on Dolphins. I mean, that is one of the easiest schedules for a quarterback in an offense. And that's why people have been optimistic on the Jets, as bad as it looked. You know, this is... As good as it gets. I mean, the Dolphins in there twice. The Bengals who are tanking. The Raiders have been terrible against the pass. The Redskins can't do anything offensively. So this is a really good stretch here for Donald, uh, who you know has looked bad for sure, but certainly someone you could look at. Mentioned it before, but Jalen Samuels definitely the top pickup at running back. If he's out there, there's a good chance that he could be the starter this week, pending the outcome of the. James Conner shoulder issue. They're saying it's an AC joint. Uh, the early indication is he could play, but may be limited. Either way, Jalen Samuels is healthy. Benny Snell is not. He's dealing with a knee issue. And the last two games that Jalen Samuels played, he caught 11 passes. So at the worst, he can certainly help you uh, you know, in, in a PPR format. And the work could be more than we expected. You know, Daryl Henderson, I know the Rams are on a bye, and he might be owned in quite a few leagues, but he's still sitting out there. And if you have a roster spot, now he's worth adding. Now, a lot depends on the health of Malcolm Brown. He had the ankle injury and didn't play last week. But Henderson has looked pretty good. It's not a good offensive line, but he definitely has more explosiveness than Todd Gurley right now. He actually had more touches than Todd Gurley this week. Henderson had 11 carries for 49 yards and two receptions for 20 yards against the Bengals. The week before, he had 12 touches. So I think Malcolm Brown is the back when... If Gurley were to be out, it'd be Brown, but you would see Henderson on the field too. And if he improves and breeds, brings that speed element, uh, there could be an opportunity for him to do more. We definitely have to be worried about Todd Gurley's health. I know I certainly am, and I have been since draft season. Uh, the 49ers, I mean, we want to invest in the 49ers backfield. The way I look at it is, whoever the top two backs are on the depth chart that we go into the game, I think you're going to play them. Now, Tevin Coleman certainly is the main guy. He's going to get the bulk of the touches. He's getting a lot of the red zone carries now, and he's coming off that four-touchdown game. But don't forget, Matt Breida in that game, he got hurt late in the first half, didn't return. He had 13 touches in the first half. So we don't know if Breida's going to play because he's got an ankle issue. If he's out, Raheem Mostert, I mean, he's definitely in play. We've seen Mostert when he's gotten the opportunity this year. He's been good. If he's going to get double-digit carries against this Cardinals defense, I mean, he's someone you could start this week for sure. And 
sucks because I cut him in a league this past week. I had to make room to activate an injured player, and I had pretty good depth at running back. And I have Matt Breida on that team. I wanted to hold him, but as I said, you always make a decision. And, of course, this is usually how it works out. You're like, oh, this guy's third on the depth chart. Coleman and Breida are doing well. Yeah, it's going to take an injury, so uh, I'll, I'll cut him because he's third. I mean, the other running backs I had were either obviously the lead back or the backup or were playing 30 40% of the snaps. And now all of a sudden, Mostert could be in for a big workload if Breida is out this week. Mostert had nine carries for 60 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. also left the game with a stinger, so we'll see about his status as well. But, yeah, Mostert. Uh, could be sitting out there in quite a few leagues and could be someone to look at. Trey Carson, look, you can pick him up for cheap. Don't spend a lot of money. I don't feel good about it. I mean, that backfield is a mess right now. But Carson did start the game. He had uh, 19 snaps, 12 carries for 34 yards. Really wasn't using a passing game, though. So in PPR formats, that lowers the floor. But it seems like he's a guy as the bigger back that they use between the tackles. So... This could be a case of, you know, they get near the goal line and maybe he scores. So you do have to take that into account. At wide receiver, Chris Conley certainly is in play this week. You know, D.D. Westbrook has been on the injury report the last couple of weeks, and he's been dealing with a shoulder and a neck injury. And Conley, the last two weeks, uh, has had seven targets in each of the two games and a really good matchup this week against the Texans. You know, last week, Conley had four receptions for 103 yards with a touchdown against the Jets. The week before, he had three catches for 83 yards against the Bengals. So if D.D. Westbrook is out, he is in play. And even if D.D. plays, uh, you might be able to look at Conley, too, uh, because he has been getting the targets. You know, Cole Beasley, it's the same story every week. No one kind of wants him. And I get it. There's not huge upside there. But it's a high floor in PPR formats. And it look at the matchups for the next couple weeks, too. Redskins, Browns, and Dolphins. So he's in a good spot. And with four teams on by, you know, he's a safe play. You can plug him in. You probably get 8 to 12 points in a PPR format. Uh, he's uh, got at least six targets in five of seven games. He has at least nine points in PPR formats in every game except one, and he has scored a touchdown in the last two games. So he's someone you can look at. Danny Amendola is interesting just because the way the Lions are playing right now. You know, it seems like they don't have a lot of confidence in that running game, and Amendola's been getting a lot of targets, and he's going against the Raiders this week. So... At least this week. You know, I don't know if you can count on them long term, but Matthew Stafford's playing well, and I do expect the Lions to lean on the pass more. I know they kind of spread it out among the running backs, but they might just say, you know what? Stafford is playing so well, let's just let him throw. And Amendola could be an extension of the running game with those short passes. He's got 19 targets over the last two games. Last week against the Giants, he called all eight targets for 95 yards. Very useful day in PPR. And against the Vikings in Week 7, he had eight receptions for 105 yards. So he's been used a lot more. They're really not going to the tight end anymore. We haven't seen much from Hawkinson, so he's someone that you could look at. Uh, Josh Reynolds, this is more of a stash. Remember, Brandon Cooks left the game this past week with a concussion. It's the second time this season he's left the game with a concussion. He had a concussion in the Super Bowl in 2018. So we've already seen with Sterling Shepard a second concussion. They've been very slow to bring him back. So they have to be very careful here. And we know this. Whenever a Rams receiver is out, Josh Reynolds usually does well. Uh, He played 89% of the snaps this past week. He was actually second on the team with eight targets and caught three passes for 73 yards with a touchdown. It was a great matchup, and the Rams' offense is not the same because we've already seen Robert Woods struggle 
We've seen Brandon Cooks have a down year. Really, the only guy that has been great is Cooper Cup. Of course, Gerald Everett more involved in the offense, so that kind of hurts some of these receivers as well. But Reynolds could be a guy you know that you can stash. Uh, obviously, Deontay Johnson's a big pickup. We talked about him earlier. And the tight ends, make sure Chris Hernan's still not available. He could be back this week, and he could have a strong finish to the season. Darren Fell's also getting a lot of looks in the red zone. So those are some of the early look at the waiver wire. You can check out the articles on fulltimefantasy.com and si.com slash fantasy. That's where my waiver wire article is. Tomorrow, I'll have the week nine stock watch, including some players to buy low and some players to sell. When we return, I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz from ffchamps.com. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Back here at his full-time fantasy sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. And joining me now, it's my guy, Fantasy Taz, FFChamps.com. Taz, what's going on? Hey, Adam, how you doing? Uh, nothing, man. Just sitting here watching all the news wires I can and everything that's going on, trying to see who's going to get traded next. It's unbelievable. Like, we hear all these rumors, some big names, and we are sitting here 20 minutes to the deadline. And nothing has happened, man. I mean, are you surprised by this? Or did you think there actually would be some activity with some of the names being floated out there? I still think a couple people might change hands. But you know how it is. Every year, so many more names get thrown into the hat than is actual. And that's what we're seeing here this year. I've said all along, whether the Jets want to trade Bell or not, nobody's going to pay that price for him. Same thing with with, uh, Gordon. Nobody's going to pay that price for him. So, you know, there's still players on the on the clock that still have a chance to get moved. Some, you know, like like uh, Robbie Anderson of the Jets. I mean, there's got to be teams out there trying to get him at this point. And uh, there should be several other players that could be in the mix. Let, let me ask you a question. If you're Cleveland, aren't you actively trying to get trade Hunt right now? There's teams out there that can use a running back right now. Would you actively be trying to trade him? Well, I actually, and I talked about this earlier today, I think Cleveland thinks they're still in the hunt in the AFC. I don't know whether you think they are or not, but when you look at the AFC, they're two games out of a playoff spot, and look at this field. So they've had a real tough schedule, and I'm sure they believe, hey, we have the talent to turn this thing around. So I don't know if they look at it like that, because, okay, you got Jacksonville at 4-4, four and four, Tennessee 4-4, four and four, Houston 5-3, and three. I mean, are are any of these team locks? I would think Pittsburgh thinks they're still in the mix at three and four too. Oh no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it from that point of view at all. I think the Browns absolutely should feel like they're still in the mix. All they got to do is make a couple changes. If they can pick up an offensive lineman, uh, you know, to help out before the trade deadline, that would be great for them. But I, I'm not even saying it for that. I mean. We all knew when they signed him to the one-year deal that it was, you know, a short-term contract. They, you know, were going to try and see what they could get from him at some point. And, you know, I'm not worried about Chubb. Chubb has been playing awesome. He doesn't really have a long injury history. Uh, and he's been playing great. I mean, even against that tough New England defense, he did very well. So I, I just think they're out there right now seeing what they could get for him. And if somebody offers up the right price, I could see them moving him. Talking to Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. You can find him at ffchamps.com. Nice birthday gift for Andy Dalton today. Well, depending on how you look at it, but the Bengals announced they're benching him during their bye week, and Ryan Finley will start in Week 10 against the Ravens. What does this do for those receivers specifically? People have been waiting for A.J. Green. Auden Tate's look good. Tyler Boyd's had good games. We know the running game is horrible behind that offensive line, but how does this change the value of these receivers that people have been using in fantasy? Yeah, it's always tough. When you when you go from a vet like that, even Andy Dalton to a rookie, it, it's always tough. Everybody takes a hit at this point. We'll see if, you know, Finley comes out of this favoring anybody over anybody else. I mean, let's face it, during practice in preseason, all that time he was working out, he was probably doing a lot of work uh, with Auden Tate and Erickson in that wide receiver group as, as the backups on the side field. So he may have a good familiarity with those two already. It could be Boyd is the one that gets left in the cold here. 
How about the situation at running back for the Cardinals, specifically this week? Chase Edmonds, they haven't officially ruled him out. We know he's not going to play. It's not looking like David Johnson's going to play. They just acquired Kenyon Drake. It's a short week. They're really not going to have a practice, maybe a walkthrough. Kenyon Drake looks like he's in line to play quite a bit, but you know he doesn't really know the playbook, his teammates either. So what do you do with Kenyon Drake this week, especially Thursday night against San Francisco? Well, that's it. It's Thursday night against San Francisco. You don't do a damn thing with him. You sit him on the bench and say, okay, let's see what you got, but you ain't playing for me. <laughs> Look, this is going to probably be a committee on Thursday night and going against one of the best defenses in the league. I'm not touching any one of those guys. Yeah. it's. Uh, can you start anyone in that game? Maybe Christian Kirk? Maybe Kirk. I mean, sure, somebody's got to catch some balls in this one. It's just, you know, will it be Kirk? Will it be Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald doesn't look right. Something doesn't look right with Fitzgerald. Last couple of weeks, he just hasn't looked the same to me anyway. Um, so, you know, maybe Kirk coming back, he looked pretty good last week. You know, it could very well be the guy that, that really takes off here. But, man, I, I'm not sure I trust any of these guys. I think they're going to be chasing Kyler Murray from start to finish. And it's just really going to put a real hard point on this deep on this offense to put up anything. Right now, I think uh, Vegas has them with an implied point total of just over 16 points. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an ugly game this week for sure. Uh, that San Francisco backfield, though, we got to figure out what's going on there because if Matt Breed is out, uh, do you see Raheem Mostert as a start this week? I like him as a flex option. Sure, they like to use two running backs. They, you know, he definitely. Shanahan's always tried to do that anyway, so that's nothing new. Uh, and Mostert, you know, stepped right in last week and did did a good job. I could see him absolutely getting more involved with this one if Brita is out. If Brita misses any significant time, then uh, Mostert could be an absolutely nice ad. Uh, how about the quarterback situation for Denver this week? Brandon Allen is going to start. And Cortland Sutton has been really good this year. He's been the one guy at the receiver position on Denver we've been relying on. Does How much does this hurt them this week? Is he someone you still would start, or do you really kind of push him down your board to see what Allen can do first? Well, I you know, I was listening to uh, to Cecil Lammy, uh, football guys, and, and their Audible podcast, and longtime friend, and he covers – uh, Denver Broncos out there for one of the local radio stations writes for a lot about them and he, of course he we know talked that. a lot about uh, Allen and what he can do and his positives and negatives he said you know he's got a strong arm he's got a quick release he can get the ball out quickly he has good foot movement he knows how to move from side to side so he can move the pocket both ways which is something Denver does like to do but hasn't been able to do with Flacco um, the problem is that he doesn't really have the touch to throw the deep out passes or down the sideline passes, at, you know, being able to float it over the top of a defense. And then the other problem he has, which could be a big one, is that he tends to stare down his receivers. So if he can get away from those two things, you know, he has the physical processes to be able to do it, play the game. But, of course, you got to figure that the wide receivers take a hit with him coming in at least at first to see what happens. But Sutton, you know, it, it very easily, because they don't have a true number two wide receiver at this point, could easily see 18, 19 targets in this game and, you know, could still produce a good fantasy game even with a bad quarterback. Uh, let's look at the Titans receivers. I think everyone got excited last week. They were like, oh, it's Tampa Bay, Ryan Tannehill looked good the week before. 
Corey Davis had two receptions for nine yards. A.J. Brown bailed out fantasy owners with a touchdown but had 11 yards. Should we just not rely on them for consistency going forward? I mean, again, I think a lot of people felt, all right, Tannehill, here we go. He's going to unlock these receivers. It didn't happen in a great matchup last week against Tampa. No, it really didn't happen. That, that game was kind of strange from start to finish, just the way the game stripped went. Uh, but, look, he's still got two wins under his belt for this team, and that's ultimately what they're looking for for fantasy purposes. Oh, well, you know, but it's always been shaky with all of these wide receivers. They got a lot of talent, and sometimes that's the problem. Sometimes there's too much talent. Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, like you said, even Humphreys there. Um, you know, Janu Smith came out and had a good game. So there's, there's a lot of pieces there, and the problem with having a lot of pieces is that one week it's going to be this piece, and next week it's going to be this piece. Very rarely is it multiple pieces at the same time unless you're on a very high-powered offense. Darius Geis has been practicing. He could be back in week 11. Obviously, the Redskins' offense is a disaster. If you're doing very well in the league and you have a roster spot, would you stash him? I mean, what could he do the rest of the year? All I keep thinking is deja vu. I can't tell you how many times we've heard this song. Darius Geis is practicing again. He's ready to get back on the field. But, um, look, if the kid ever touches the field, I think he'll be good if he can stay on the field. And, sure, why not? If you have an empty bench spot, take the shot. There, you know, At this point, Peterson hasn't done much. Uh, Thompson's hurt again. So why not take the shot? It, you know, it can't hurt if you have that empty bench spot. Will I drop somebody who has been performing even at a lower level for him at this point? Probably not. But if I do have an empty bench spot, sure, take the chance. He could be a guy who comes in and, and kills it the way we all expected him to coming out of college. Danny Amendola has had two really good performances back-to-back -back weeks in PPR formats. We've kind of seen this from him before, and he kind of disappears, but... Can this continue for him, especially with the way Matthew Stafford is playing? Well, it's all on Amendola and whether or not he can stay on the field. Look, you know, with carry on Johnson down, um, basically they're going to turn Amendola into their short passing running type game. Um, and that's what we saw this week. You know, get him the ball quickly in and out everywhere. And once that starts to happen, it's like Stafford starts to feel more comfortable in him and starts looking for him down the field even further. And that's what we saw about against the Giants. Now, like you said, he, he's always been a guy who gives you some great weeks and then falls away for a few weeks or he gets hurt for a few weeks. And that's always in play. But we know he's a good receiver. He gets open easily. He finds the seams where he needs to be. And he's always good for a quarterback because they know where he's going to be and they can trust him to catch the ball. So as long as he's on the field and they are throwing to him, he becomes a viable fantasy option for me. If this trend continues, if he continues to see, you know, six, eight, ten targets a game, he'll be a PPR monster. Talking to Fantasy Taz, you can find him at ffchamps.com. You know, Russell Gage had a pretty good game for the Falcons this week. Nine targets, caught seven for 58. They're on a bye this week. We know that the Falcons are going to just be throwing a ton going forward. Is he someone that you could see having fantasy value in a deeper format? Oh, absolutely. They need somebody else to be a, a new safety blanket uh, there for, for Ryan. So I, I think Gage is definitely step in, play a lot out of the slot. And, you know, that's where Ryan's looking for when he needs that first down or he needs somebody to just dump it off to. So I think that could absolutely keep him play. 
He's always used that position, Ryan, I mean, uh, always used that position. I don't think that really changes with Sanu gone. Uh, looking at the tight end landscape, Dallas Goddard has now scored in two straight games. He's obviously been healthy. He played 75% of the snaps. They use a lot of two tight end sets. Obviously, Zach Ertz owners are disgusted with him. But has Goddard come to the point where he's like a borderline tight end one, tight end two that we can play every week? Can we count on him? I think he's getting close to that. I think, you know, Philadelphia is finally realizing defenses are just going to stifle uh, Zach Ertz. And you got somebody like Goddard on the field. Why force it to Ertz? Take the wide open Goddard. And that's what we're seeing lately. You know, defenses will learn from this as well and start creating, you know, defenses to cover Goddard, which should free up Ertz again. So it becomes this, you know, back and forth battle between the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinators of trying to figure out which way they're going to go each and every week. Look, Ertz is still getting more snaps. He's still getting more targets over the last couple of weeks, but it's been Goddard who's been able to make it work for him uh, as far as fantasy, as far as fantasy points. I, I love Goddard. I've always loved Goddard. I think eventually he could be you know, in big play. Look, I wouldn't be surprised within the next nine minutes if all of a sudden the Eagles traded Ertz. I think they think that highly of Goddard that they can go forward with him and get away from Ertz's big contract. Oh, yeah, I could see it. I just don't know if teams would pick up the contract. But, yeah, we got seven minutes to go, and so far uh, nothing of a blockbuster status. So, Taz, maybe something will break as soon as we let you go, but appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks, sir. Have a good one. All right, again, that is Fantasy Taz. Follow him on Twitter, at Fantasy Taz. Find his work at ffchamps.com. Seven minutes to go to the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, and nothing is going on. We'll see if it changes when we return. Full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you 
straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a few more minutes. Trade deadline day in the NFL, and it's been quiet. Not much going on. We'll see if anything transpires here right after the deadline. But right now, we really have no trades when there potentially could have been some names. Robbie Anderson was a name that's been thrown out there. Jamal Adams. And nothing has really happened so far. So uh, we'll see. But we do have some news here on the 49ers running back situation. It's really not good right now. Uh, Matt Breida did not practice today with the ankle. And my, Kyle Shanahan said if we had to go today, it wouldn't be good. But we remain optimistic for Thursday. So either way, it's really not looking like Brita is going to play this week. It's a short week. They have a 7-0 record, and they have a lot of good running backs. And Brita is someone that they want to keep healthy. Now, Raheem Mostert, who I thought was fine, he was out of practice today with a quad injury. So he was limited on Monday with a knee issue, but now it's a quad. So... Most of it was going to be in a good spot this week, but maybe he's not active. It could be Jeff Wilson Jr., who is the backup behind Tevin Coleman this week. So now it's going to make it dicey if you're putting in waiver wire bids tonight. Obviously, if your waiver wire league runs Wednesday night, we'll have more clarity tomorrow, and potentially one, if not both of those running backs, will be ruled out. But man, uh, this is definitely a dicey situation that you're going to really have to pay attention to because I was all set. Uh, to bid on Raheem Mostert tonight in a league or two where I need a running back this week. And obviously, the running back situation there in San Francisco is one we want a part of. I mean, that offensive line, it's a good matchup, and they are just running the ball like crazy. Um, And it looks like, too, Trent Williams of the Redskins, it looks like he is not going to get traded. That's from John Kime, who covers the team. So kind of a dud here you know usually we don't really see much at the nfl trade down line but it felt like this one was going to be a decent one but apparently the reports of the redskins redskins turned down offers to trade trent williams 
ESPN's John Kime said team was seeking at least a first-round pick. So, boy, you talk about messing things up. And it's a constant theme with the Washington Redskins and ownership. That's Trent Williams doesn't want to play, and I guess he'll just sit out. So, hopefully when we return tomorrow, we actually have a trade or two that just filters in the last minute. If not, we'll be here to help you and your fantasy football team Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.